Everybody that you meet, you can learn something from them. That it's not necessarily what you achieve in life that matters most, but it's who you become in the process of those achievements that really matters. We all need people who believe in us. They expand the boundaries we place on our own lives. What makes me most proud is how I played the game. Being real, authentic, and spontaneous, and loving the game, to me, is what it was all about. When you retire, you may get a chance to go to football heaven. This is football heaven. Hey guys, welcome to a very exclusive episode of The Mission. I'm your host, Jameer Howerton, and today, we are showing you several behind the scenes moments from the blue ribbon panel and the knock on the door of two Hall of Fame head coaches that were live on the NFL pregame show for CBS and Fox for the first time ever. First, we go to the Blue Ribbon Panel meeting where 38 finalists were trimmed down to 15 Hall of Famers over 12 hours after several very compelling arguments were made. Let's start with Sal Palantonio's case for Eagles wide receiver Harold Carmichael. Harold Carmichael was a member of the NFL team of the decade for the 70s. He was a four-time Pro Bowler. Two-time All-Pro, in an era before wide receivers put up huge numbers, he put up huge numbers. Please, I implore you, read these five stats and try to make a case for Carmichael not being in the Hall of Fame. And this is the key one right at the top of the list. When Harold Carmichael retired after the 1984 season with 590 catches, only four players in NFL history had more. Charlie Taylor, Don Maynard, Raymond Berry, Charlie Joyner. All are in the hall. All of them are Hall of Famers. At that same point, Carmichael had 8,985 career yards, which was seventh most in the NFL, NFL history, behind Maynard, Jackson, Lance Allworth, Joyner, Berry, and Taylor. All are Hall of Famers except Jackson, Carmichael's Eagles teammate. Last item. During the 11-year period from 73 to 83, Carmichael had 43 more catches, 46 more yards, 10 more touchdowns than anybody in the NFL. During an 11-year period, he was the best receiver in the game. Now, when I gave that sheet to Ron Wolf, he said, I don't need this. I'm all about Cliff Branch, or words to that effect. So am I, Ron. I am all about Cliff Branch. I am voting for Cliff Branch. Cliff Branch should be in the Hall of Fame. It's a shame that he's not. I support Cliff Branch. I support Drew Pearson, 1,000%, JB and Rick, 1,000%. In my view, all three of these great men of the game should go in with this centennial class. All of these three great players, Cliff Branch, Drew Pearson, Harold Carmichael, exemplify the class and the excellence of the greatest, in my view, era of the NFL. Now let's look at Ira Kaufman's presentation for Tommy Nobis, linebacker for the Atlanta Falcons. It's my privilege to present the case for Tommy Nobis the first player in Atlanta Falcons history and still considered by many as the best player in franchise annals. When Nobis was selected 
out of Texas with the first overall pick in the 66 NFL draft. He had already established himself as one of the greatest linebackers college football had ever seen. Just in case he had any remaining skeptics, Nobis promptly won NFL Rookie of the Year honors playing for a 3-11 football team. Things didn't get much better for the Falcons during the rest of Nobis's storied career. They finished with 50 wins in his 11 NFL seasons. Yet he was selected to five Pro Bowls while earning the nickname Mr. Falcon. Norm Van Brocklin, who wasn't exactly known for his hyperbole, once pointed to Nobis's number 60 locker at Atlanta Stadium and said to a reporter, that's where our football team dresses. <laughs> Yet through all the losing, all the pain, Nobis built a legendary career. Nobis was as fast as most backs, said Tom Landry. In my opinion, he was a super player. How dominant was Tommy Nobis? The man played only four seasons in the 1960s on a terrible football team. Yet when it came time to select the all-decade team, there was Nobis alongside Dick Butkus, Ray Nitschke, and Dave Robinson. I'd rather play against Butkus than Nobis, said Larry Zonka. Here's a look at Shireen Williams' presentation of Cowboys legendary wide receiver Drew Pearson. Tony Dorsett called Pearson one of the best route runners in NFL history. Pearson cost 489 passes for 7,822 yards and 48 touchdowns. That obviously pales in comparison to today's receivers, but we all know the NFL was a different game, played under different rules in the 1970s and 80s. To put his career in perspective, Pearson finished with more receptions than Hall of Famers Paul Warfield, Bob Hayes, and Lynn Swan. And when he retired, he was the Cowboys' all-time leading receiver. In 1976, Pearson led the NFC with 58 receptions, a year later, he led the league with 870 receiving yards, averaging 18.1 yards a catch. Pearson finished his career averaging 16 yards a catch. One of Pearson's receptions ranked among the most memorable in NFL history. The original Hail Mary recently was tabbed 15th on the NFL's top 100 plays list. He caught the 50-yard desperation pass from Roger Staubach with 24 seconds left to give the Cowboys a 17-14 victory over the Vikings in the 75 playoffs. It wasn't his only big play in a big game, which is how Pearson earned the nickname Mr. Clutch. He caught a 50-yard prayer from Clint Longley in the closing seconds of a 1974 Thanksgiving Day win over Washington a career-long 83-yard touchdown pass in the fourth quarter of a 1973 playoff victory over the Rams, and his two touchdown catches in the final three minutes, 40 seconds at Atlanta in the 1980 playoffs gave the Cowboys a 30-27 victory. Pearson is a big reason the Cowboys made the postseason 10 times in his 11 seasons and went to seven NFC Championship games and three Super Bowls. 
Three times Pearson made the All-Pro team and three times he made the Pro Bowl. He made the first team All-Decade team of the 1970s along with Len Swan. Swan is in the Hall of Fame, Pearson isn't. Eight other receivers who caught passes in the 1970s are in the Hall of Fame, Pearson isn't. 17 of the past 18 first team All-Decade wideouts which dates to the 1930s are enshrined in Canton. That includes the two most recent, Marvin Harrison and Randy Moss from the 2000s. Pearson isn't. It's time for Drew Pearson to take his rightful place in Canton. We then had a chance to sit down with Hall of Famer selector Rick Gosselin and asked which category was the toughest to choose from, senior players, coaches or contributors? Easily the players, the seniors, um, because it was the biggest pool. And having been on the senior committee a number of years, I, I, I know the talent that's not been discussed. There are 65 all-decade players in the senior pool, and most have never been discussed. There are seven first-team all-decade players in the senior pool, and six had never been discussed. And if you're a first-team all-decade, that's virtually a rubber stamp. 94% of all the first-team all-decade players have bus in Canton. Seven don't, and six of them are on this list that we talked about in the Centennial class. As a long time in the room, modern day selector, what has been different about this blue ribbon panel in the process? Oh, the thoroughness. And we had several conference calls uh, leading up to this. We we went through the slate, various slates, then we had to vote down. We got the twenty, and in adding Bill Belichick, Dick LeBeau, Ron Wolf, Bill Poley into the mix, adding veteran football eyes and, and, and getting their insights. I mean, it's, 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 it's an eye-opening experience because when we get our usual group together, we're all writers and broadcasters, and we don't watch tape the way these men watch tape. And the insights they gave us really helped the process and helped kind of weed out you know, the best candidates. So are you advocating <clears throat> a change in the selection process for modern day? I think they added a couple of Hall of Famers in the last couple of years, Dan Fouts and James Lofton. I could see going forward, they may add a couple more uh, Hall of Famers uh, to give that insight. I mean, again, having spent the day with, with these gentlemen, the, the insights are terrific. And what Fouts and Lofton give us are great insight about what actually happens on the field and you know who the good players are and who, who the guys are tough to play against. Next, we had an opportunity to catch up with the Hall of Famer Bill Paulian on the in-depth research and perspective of Blue Ribbon panelists Gil Brandt, Joe Horrigan, and Bill Belichick. The firepower, if you will, is, uh, is amazing. Uh, and right from the start, it's been tremendously interesting because a subset uh, of us went back and actually began to look at film from the 1920s, 30s, 40s into the mid-50s when the modern game really began. And it was amazing, uh, an amazing experience because you see the game evolve from what amounted to uh, something that looked like rugby over the years to the modern game. And you see players uh, emerge during that period of time. It was really, a, from an X's and O's standpoint, you, you, I, I've learned a lot. From a player personnel standpoint, I've learned a lot and from the standpoint of, of just how the game was played in the early years. It was really, really interesting. 
More Hall of Fame history was made Saturday and Sunday when President David Baker flew to New York and Los Angeles to give the news live on national television to coach Bill Cower on the set of the NFL Today and to coach Jimmy Johnson live on the set of the NFL Fox Sunday that were selected for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, he is special. And you know, Bill, there's something else special here. Hey, who's this big fella? Hey, I'm sorry to interrupt hey, here. Good to see you, Phil. Good to see you, man. You betcha. Sorry, man. I was trying to knock on a door back there, but you don't have a door. <laughs> knock it down. Knock it down. Hey, uh, Coach, yes. for your viewers out there who don't know, uh, I'm David Baker, president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And on behalf of all of those of us who love this game and the Pro Football Hall of Fame, it is my great This privilege. isn't right that this is happening right now, but... Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. never no, mind. No, please come back. <laughs> come, back. come back here, David. Coach, oh. I want to thank you for all you've done for the game, for all you're going to do for the game. Mm. And I want to welcome you to Canton, Ohio, <laughs> wow. where your bronze <laughs> hey! your yeah! legacy... Yeah! How about that, Bill? Congratulations, Oh, gosh. <laughs> Folks, as you see him hugging his wife, V, his daughter, Megan, as tearful as Bill oh, is. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. Hey, check. Mr. Baker, good Best to see you again. Best everybody. Really good. Hey, folks, keep this in mind. Out of 29,000 people who played the game, coached the game, or contributed to the game, Bill Cower is now the 327th one in the Hall of Fame, 182nd living one. Coach, speech. Um... <laughs> you know, I just tell him, V, I says, I've come to grips. I'm okay. Um, if it doesn't happen, um, I've been so blessed. And I would just say this, for those eight candidates, every one of you deserve to be there. Um, football is a total team sport. Um, I had some great players, some great coaches, the best organization in football. Um, I've lived a blessed life. I've come to the best network on TV. It's a family here like it was a family that we had there. And to have to give back to something, to the game of football, it's been a part of my life. The virtues that it teaches you, the morals that you have the obligation to move on, the platforms that we have. Mm. Um, you know, I'm a blessed man. Bill, I, I'm, Bill, yeah, I'm Bill. This is, this is uh, not supposed to be like this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Why know. I, I, I just, I just, I, I don't think it's hit me yet. Yeah. Like I said, I'm, mm. I don't know. Your guy, Pat Kerwin, is over there like a proud dad. You know, no, what I mean? Pat Kerwin, question about it. And, uh, and thank you for everything that you did, honestly. Mm. And, you know, um, I mean, it's just been, you know, what can I wow. say? I mean, I just think about the players. I just talked to Rod Woodson last night, and, you know, and hopefully he can get back into coaching and talk to John Harbaugh, Andy Reid. I mean, my gosh, you're talking about a mentor, a guy that I think should be in Hall of Fame. Too. Absolutely, he will be. You know, the game of football needs these men. Bill Belichick, what he stands for. Bill Belichick means a lot to me. I mean, I learned a lot from him. Mm -hmm. I still talk to him today. And, um, you know, and like I said before, I just think about the Pittsburgh franchise and Dan Rooney, when he hired me, took a chance for a 34-year-old kid you know, craft in Pennsylvania. And my first goal was just not to get fired from my 20th high school classroom. <laughs> <laughs> Coach. Um, Boy. <laughs> On behalf of the Pro Football Hall of Fame and all those fans that are watching and all of us who love this game, <laughs> thank you, Coach, for all you've done for the game. Thank you for all you're going to do for the game. 
Thank you for the history that you've made and the lives that you've impacted. Thank you. It's my great honor to tell you that you're going to be the 328th Hall yes. of Famer into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And your legacy is going to be in Canton, Ohio forever. Congratulations, Coach. Congratulations. Oh, Congratulations. Oh, hey, bud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Congrats, that is awesome. I mean, oh, Washington Green Bay. Jimmy overcame the emotions right now. Oh, man. Tell us what you're doing. Oh, oh, yeah. Man. Oh, man. Oh, man. The, the only thing I can think of is all the assistant coaches that have worked for me, all the great players that have played for me, they're the reason I'm here. And they're the reason I, I can't talk. All right. No, no. Where's your, I mean, where's your bottle? I mean, I mean, this is so special to me because when you put in the work that we put in, it's nice to know people appreciate it. Absolutely. We love you, JJ. Love you, love you. Love you. Love you. Congratulations. Love you. Jimmy Johnson, the latest yeah. member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Of course, yesterday, Bill Cowher was announced as the newest member as well. Congratulations to him. The full class will be announced on NFL Network on Wednesday on Good Morning Football. Okay? So you can sleep in that tonight. Again? Yes! Wow, what a touching moment for both of those coaches. You can see what it means to them and their current teammates on CBS and Fox respectively. Congratulations Coach Cower and Coach Johnson on being selected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2020. Cowboy and Steeler Nation better be ready to come to Canton this August. And remember Steeler fans, Troy Palomalu and Alan Fanica our modern era finalists and on selection Saturday, February 1st, you'll find out who gets in the class. But don't wait until then to get your Hall of Fame experience packages at hofexperience.com go. For the rest of the Centennial Class announcements, tune in to the NFL Network on Wednesday, January 15th from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. where the rest of the senior players and contributors will be announced live on Good Morning Football. Well, that's going to do it for us here at The Mission. Thanks for joining us.